thanks to our sponsor, Orchestry. Don't be fooled. Microsoft Teams and SharePoint are difficult. Microsoft Teams, when simply turned on, can be unruly and yield endless sprawl. SharePoint causes constant frustration with user interface and permissioning challenges. End the chaos and harness the full power of Microsoft Teams, SharePoint Online, and Microsoft 365 with Orchestry. Orchestry is the work-made simple platform that empowers end users through controlled self-service provisioning while delivering the actionable insights and lifecycle management your IT administrators need to enable remote and hybrid work productivity without locking down the powerful capabilities of Microsoft Teams and SharePoint Online. See why so many are claiming Orchestry to be the must-have Microsoft Teams management tool of 2021. Get your free access to Orchestry with full featured trial at orchestry.com and tell them the Microsoft Cloud Show sent you to get the all the friends of the show perks. This is the Microsoft Cloud Show, episode 433. Today, I'm going solo and talking with our friend and colleague, Michael Pasarek, about managing insane pandemic growth in teams. Recorded live, October 28th, 2021. This episode is brought to you by Geomont. Have you thought about adding contact center capabilities into your existing Microsoft Teams user base? If so, take advantage of our promo to add BuzzEasy Contact Center for Teams from Geomont and get your first month subscription for free. It's a complete omni-channel experience that works seamlessly with Teams Voice. BuzzEasy was developed with best practices in Azure and offers a rich, easy-to-use experience. Geomont is a Microsoft Gold Partner, part of the Technology Adoption Program, and their BuzzEasy chatbot solution for Teams has been chosen as a preferred solution on the Microsoft App Store. See the show notes for details around a special offer. Back to the show. Good morning and welcome, everybody. This is CJ flying solo without AC this week. He is flat out with some work that he's super busy with, but he will be joining us back again next week. So we will have to wait. I think last week we talked about doing a deep dive into CI and CD with Azure Functions. We're going to revisit that next week. But for now, we are going to talk with Michael Pasarek. He's the CEO and janitor, according to his LinkedIn profile, of Orchestry, who are one of our amazing sponsors of the show, as you will have heard over the last six months or so. They came on and, and have been great. We've been very grateful for their sponsorship and uh, supporting what we do here. But we sat down with Michael. It's been over a year since we last spoke to him, since he launched Orchestry. And I was really keen to catch up with him and talk about not only the, you know, building his new business, which I find absolutely fascinating but also just what they've been seeing going on with the growth of collaboration spaces like Teams and Sites and so forth inside Microsoft 365 over the crazy, crazy couple of years that we've been having. As I mentioned in the uh, in the interview, Teams has had a phenomenal amount of growth over the last 18 months. And along with that comes a whole lot of pain and suffering for organizations who aren't on top of its growth and aren't managing it well. And so that's exactly what Orchestry is built and designed to help organizations do. And so I just wanted to see from their perspective, what have they been seeing going on with their customers and in the market around Teams? What are they building in response to that to help those customers manage things better? And then, you know, from my own personal interest sake, I just love sitting down with founders talking to them a little bit about their business, how things are going for them, where things are working well, where things aren't working well. And, you know, Orchestra is 
one of the upstarts in the Microsoft 365 ecosystem, one of the newer ISVs to have entered the fray. And so, yeah, from a personal perspective, that is super interesting to me. People building product for these kinds of things. It's in, it's in my DNA and I love talking to people about it. So I hope you do too. But without further ado, let's roll the interview with Michael and, uh, and hear what he has to say. This podcast is brought to you by ShareGate. Microsoft Teams can be a great tool for your organization. That is, before your users make your environment messier than eating a hard shell taco. And that's where ShareCake comes in. Their user-friendly tools automate the tedious daily tasks involved in migrating, managing, and securing Microsoft Teams so that you can maintain a safe and productive environment without locking it down. Head over to ShareGate.com for your free 30-day trial and transform the way that you manage your Microsoft Teams. This podcast is brought to you by Raygun. Are you under increasing pressure to ship code faster than ever before? Then it's time to work smarter with Raygun's modern approach to error and performance monitoring. Raygun gives you instant visibility into the health of your software. And what makes it so unique is that not only does it tell you when something's gone wrong, it shows you exactly where it's gone wrong and how to fix it, right down to the line of code. Made by developers for developers, Raygun has built a suite of monitoring tools that are used and loved by thousands of software teams every single day. Monitor every corner of your tech stack with widespread language support and native integrations with GitHub, Jira, Slack, Bitbucket, Octopus Deploy, and more for even greater visibility. Visit raygun.com to resolve issues faster and to deliver flawless digital experiences for your users. That's raygun.com to get started on your free 14-day trial with plans starting from as little as $4 a month. And now, back to the show. All right, well, welcome, welcome to the show, Michael. Thanks for coming back. Thanks, CJ. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me again. Yeah, well, first up, I'd just like to say Orchestra are a sponsor of the show and we're very, very thankful for your support and making this all happen. And we're really happy to have you back on the show and talk a little bit about what's been going on the last year. So let's get stuck into it. First up, for those who didn't listen to the last show that you came on, it was about just over a year ago now. Would you mind giving people a quick intro to yourself and also to Orchestry? Sure. So I'm uh, Michael Bissarek. I'm uh, the CEO and janitor here at Orchestry. I tend to uh, <laughs> tend to have both titles because do a little bit of everything. Lots of experience in Microsoft 365, seven times Microsoft SharePoint MVP, and. Orchestry is the company that we started. Uh, yeah, we launched about a year ago, CJ. I think we we talked to you pretty closely after after we launched. So, Orchestry is a adoption governance and lifecycle management platform from Microsoft 365, uh, really focusing around Teams, but everything within the, the Microsoft 365 ecosystem. And really what we're trying to do is help organizations drive adoption in Microsoft 365, just through some, some easier interfaces around creation and, and, and finding content. The next thing is really around governance as well. So filling in, I guess, a lot of the governance gaps that exist within Microsoft 365. And then the newest features that we've just delivered and we've just launched is really around lifecycle management. Mm. Um, that was a big piece that we found with organizations coming to us and saying, hey, we launched Teams because of COVID, you know, a, a year ago, year and a half ago. Now we have thousands of teams. Most of them don't have any owners. Most of them don't have any members. Hundreds of teams with test or gotcha. demo or TST within the name. And then what do we do with this stuff 
like once it's finished, right? And there's mm. no real good answer for that out of the box. So that's really a new set of capabilities that we're super excited about. Nice. Yeah, it was episode 374, which was on September 2nd, 2020. So just over a year ago. And Crazy. Um, yeah, I think you're relatively new at the time. But I guess at the time when we last spoke, you'd just come out of, uh, or into release, I should say, and people were hearing about you for the first time. But what struck me at the time was through the last couple of years, there just haven't been all that many sort of what I would call pure play new kids on the block to the ISV ecosystem for Microsoft 365. There's all the big ones, of course, that we've heard about for many years. And there are lots of consulting type companies that have their sort of their side hustle product, pseudo products on the side or, you know, sort of blueprints or what have you of how they do consulting gigs. But you made the conscious choice to jump headlong into product again after a short break, I think, after the sale of your previous business. So I was really encouraged by that and felt really, really good to see somebody leaping into this water and building something from their new ground up like you guys were doing. So it's been a year since then. So I'd love just to hear a little bit from you about just what's been going on the last year and how's it all been going? It's been crazy. I mean, it's been great. It is a lot of work, to be honest with you, when you're doing a startup, just because you know, you're trying to do everything, right? I mean, you've been through this as well. Like you said, a janitor with every hat. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> essentially, you know. So it's been incredibly fun. I mean, I think to your question of why haven't more pure play products come out? Mm. I think there's a couple of answers for that. I mean, I think most of the products really come out of consulting companies, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, I think personally, it's really hard to do both, right? It's really hard to have a consulting business as well as run a product business because mm -hmm. there's always that tension, right? There's always that tension with, do we spend money on making the product better or do we just take the easy money doing consulting? There's right? always and that check the moment, on the table, just sitting there tempting you. <laughs> exactly. And and at the moment, you know, with everyone being so busy within within this space, there's just so much consulting work available, right, for organizations, because mm. obviously digital transformation is such a huge thing. But I think the other reason as well is it's it's hard, right? I mean, it, it's quite hard to get a product spun up in this space. It's a mm. little bit more complex, I would think, than if you were going to do a startup outside of a platform hmm. because with Microsoft 365, especially with the rate of change and what Microsoft is doing and how quickly organizations are, are changing, there's always this kind of push and pull as a product, right? You have to make sure that you closely follow the vision, I guess, that Microsoft has, but you also have to make sure that you're, you're always ahead, right, of what Microsoft is doing because obviously no one's going to pay for a product which does the same thing that they can get out of the box. And that's one of the things that we really try to do with Orchestry is make sure that we're building on top of the platform and leveraging all of those capabilities, but we're not building stuff that you can get out of the box with just a prettier interface. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. We're trying to have that, that balance. And, and it's hard because it requires a combination of, I think, really good people technically. Mm. It's hard to build on this platform. It can be hard to build on the Microsoft graph. It can be super easy as well, right? But there's some, you know, there's some, some certain kind of limitations there. Yep. And also I think you have to have a really good understanding of what customers need, where the direction is kind of going broadly, but also what Microsoft is is doing. A little right? bit so of there's crystal a lot of these ball things. gazing as well, right? Yeah. It is, definitely, right? And I think um, it's one of those things where I think a lot of organizations think it's very, very risky. But but for us, I mean, I've, we've discussed this before, right? I think there's always a market for really beautifully crafted solutions on top of, on top of Microsoft 365. And for us, it's really around that. Like we want to create 
something that's great. You know what I mean? And mm. when we started orchestry for us, it was really what's going to be valuable, what's going to provide customers value. But even from the experience side of things, right? What is really going to give customers that moment of joy, right? So not just another tool or not something you can build in, in Power Apps or you can kind of build yourself over a weekend. And what can we do to provide some real value to, to, to customers? Gotcha, gotcha. I guess, I think... In January 2020, or maybe it was February or March, it was somewhere around the beginning of 2020, we started seeing some numbers out of Teams. And I believe at the time it was 20 million Mao, I think was the number. 20 or 25 million Mao. Yeah. And then more recently, we've had updated numbers in the last quarter or so. I think it's up to like the publicly stated number is at 250 million Mao, right? So we've had, we've seen completely staggering levels of growth over the pandemic in the last couple of years, just out of teams alone, let alone the rest of M365. But for an ISV or for a partner that are building a product that is so, I want to say tightly integrated, but very complementary to a growing Teams ecosystem, that's obviously translated into a whole bunch more crazy bad governance practices in organizations or lack of governance in organizations. And it seems logical to me that there'd be no better time to be a company that brings a little bit of sanity to the carnage that's happened over the last couple of years. Has that translated? Is there a direct correlation in your growth and adoption from where you were, I guess, what we saw in January last year to now, to what people are doing with, with teams and orchestry? 100%. I mean, last year, I think when we launched, really it was organizations coming to us who saying, you know, we're kind of new to teams and we you know, we're trying to understand what governance looks like and governance is really complicated. And mm. can you help us kind of define a governance process mm. and, and streamline the, the, the provisioning and everything else? I think what we've seen over the last, I would say, six months in, in particular is kind of carnage, like, like you were saying, CJ. So we get a whole swath of customers that come to us and say, listen, we deployed teams 18 months ago, a year ago because of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had maybe one or two IT people for a large organization. They just needed to keep the lights on. So literally a roadmap, which might have been two years in the making to deploy teams, got <laughs> condensed down to two days, right? right so right. we're going to go and we're going to launch teams and we're going to have chat and we're just going to allow people to do whatever they want because, and it's not their fault. They just, that was what, what happened in a lot of these organizations, right? This kind of remote work thing literally happened over a weekend. Mm. But now these companies are coming back to us and saying, you know, we're a year, a year and a half into this, and really we're starting to see some significant issues, right? Particularly around self-service team team creation. So lots of duplication of content. Like we were laughing about this before. The amount of teams we see with like demo, test, TST within the name literally blows my mind. The amount of teams we see with people's name in it. So a really common thing we find is right. someone... Because, you know, Michael's lunch test, right? I go in and I can create a team called Michael's lunch test. I might use it for like a day or two. And then I'm just like, ah, I don't need this anymore. So I either remove it or it kind of sits, sits there. But th there seems to be this kind of growth, uncontrolled growth of, of teams for a lot of organizations. Not every organization, but, but a lot of them. Yeah. And now that COVID is starting to, to settle down, at least in some parts of the world, a little bit, 
organizations are now coming back and saying, okay, now we have time to look into this. And, and one of the main things we're helping organizations with at the moment is this concept of like a M365 or a Microsoft Teams remediation engagement. And that's what a lot of our partners are doing, right? So let's go in, let's see what's going on. Let's identify common things like ownerless teams, teams that haven't been used for months on end, teams with just a single channel. You know, this is something that to me is pretty concerning, right? Probably 60% of teams across all of our customers are teams created with just a single channel and no additional tabs. Now, what that means is a lot of organizations are basically just using it as a glorified chat or not even using that chat at all. They're just using the, the content storage the storage side of things. Yeah. But as you know, CJ, there's just so much more that you can do really, really simply, right? Sure. Maybe add another channel to break up those conversations. Maybe just add another tab to put in planner in there or, or some of those other Microsoft 365 capabilities. It sort of reeks of lack of forethought, right? On what yeah. what you're not what your policy is, but what's your approach to what teams get created and things. I, you know, I, I was laughing about your comment about CJ's lunch team or whatever you called it, because, you know, you've probably got a CJ's lunch team and then you've got a CJ's lunch team new and then you've got a CJ's yeah. lunch team newer. <laughs> and, well, uh, so not that. So so the thing that we see with, with teams in particular, and for anyone in the M365 space, I think you know this, I can literally go into teams yeah. and I can create 20 teams called marketing. Now, yeah, yeah. M365 does a bit of a trick on the back end, right? Where they'll change the idea. But from an end user perspective, I can go in and say, okay, CJ, where's where's the marketing team? And because everything's created, created yeah, private, yeah. you know, I create my own private marketing. You create your own private marketing. You invite some people to yours. I invite some people right. to mine. We spend a couple of weeks working there. And all of a sudden we're like, oh my God, there's another marketing team. But then Joan comes and Joan says, no, 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 this is the marketing team, right? <laughs> that's a, that's kind of- And there's no that's merge, a, right? There's no, yeah. And, and then of course they go to IT and says, okay, well, can you just merge all of this stuff together? And IT's like, well, there's- Right. Which one? So, which one will win? Yeah. Yeah. So I think you know we're starting to find some 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 pretty interesting trends. Like I said, a lot of tests, a lot of demo, a lot of things within people's names, and then a huge amount of duplicated teams, even if it's only for a short period of time. Right. Which can really be problematic for, for sure for organizations. I've experienced that. It's you know it's infuriating. You go create a team, and uh, then you subsequently find out that there was another private one called the exact same thing that was previously created for something else. And you should have just really been using that all along. So, yeah. Yeah. So what's been, from Orchestry's perspective, what have you guys been working on in the last year that helps address those problems? Yeah. So when we launched Orchestry a year ago, we really concentrated on the provisioning side, right? So the provisioning, the creation, and really the, the governance side. Mm -hmm. Now, it was always our vision with Orchestry to, to create more of an end-to-end -end platform, but you were a startup and we didn't have unlimited amounts of resources and money. We had to launch with something, right? So you always launch with, with something that's going to, it's going to make sense. But really the idea was we wanted Orchestry to be a way to help organizations really around that provisioning process. So helping mm -hmm. standardize and provide some governance around that. Mm -hmm. The next thing we also wanted to do was really help organizations understand what's actually going on within their Microsoft 365 environment. And, mm -hmm. and a simple question that I pose and customers pose to us is how do I know if a team is actually being used. Hmm. And that sounds like a really simple question, mm. right? And you think you'd be able to go get that information from, from somewhere. But when we looked into it, it was actually a very kind of complex, deep sort of problem, right? Sure, so, yeah. because if it's a team, well, first you have to look at the team side. So has there been any conversations? Has there been any replies? Has there been any reactions? And then of course the team has a group. 
right? So has there been any activity as part of that group? So has there been any mailbox conversations, right, as part of that group? But then you also have to look at the calendar, right? Because a lot of people create teams and they use the the kind of uh, group calendar part of that. And then the last thing, of course, is on the SharePoint side. Now, that's a whole other level of, of you know, craziness <laughs> there. Has there been any document reads, document, document right. writes, list items created? But not just that. Has there been any page views, right? Because people just might be visiting the SharePoint yeah, it might still side. might be a read-only thing. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Or more of an intranet scenario. Mm. So when we looked at this, we're like, well, this is a really difficult question to answer mm. out of the box, if not impossible, right? So you have to go to different admin centers and try to piece all of this stuff stuff together. The other thing that we also found as well, when, of course, we looked at kind of other products on the market and, and when we spoke to, to a lot of users was that I think there's a lot of reporting tools out there, but we wanted to create an insight tool. And I think the difference between an insight and a reporting tool is that an insight tool says, here's what's going on. Here's what you should do mm, to make that I better, see, right? So, exactly, and that's the thing, right? Like, it's it's great to give people reports, but then if they look at those reports and they have, you know, they look like, well, I have no idea what to, what, what, what to do with this stuff. Yeah. It's all kind of a, a bit of a loss. You fall into the interesting but not important problem, right? Where you've got all this interesting data, and people. People may or may not read it, but it's not all that important unless you can do something about exactly. it. Exactly. And we found that in my previous company in the intranet space, you know, everyone wanted intranet analytics. So we'd give them these beautiful dashboards and then yeah. look at it and be like, yeah. that's awesome. I don't know what to do with any of this information. Reporting is the ultimate trap for that, right? It's it's everybody thinks they want amazing reporting and then they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And we also found uh, as well during our research that there's, you know, certain types of reports that I think organizations all want and really all want to understand, right? So things like which groups have guest access enabled and how many guests do they have? Yeah. Which teams have private channels in, enabled? And the big one for us, which we built was around usage, right? So when was the last time mm. a team, a group, a team site or a communication site was used. Right. So that's one of the things we just launched and we call it our actionable insight sort of area. And the idea with this is really helping you understand what's going on, right? So what is being used, what isn't being used, when it, the, when, when it was used the last. The other thing we also found, which was pretty fascinating speaking to admins, was that as an administrator, a lot of the times the questions they would get was like, not, you know, where are we now, but how did we get there? So I'll give you a really good example. A lot of the times admins would come to us and say, well, the questions that we get is not that we have 10, let's say, guests within this team. It's how the hell did we get to 10 guests? Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when were they added? Who were they added by? How, how did this happen? Right. So the other part of this insights feature that we have, which we're, we're super proud of, is this idea that we can go back historically and tell you where certain events mm. happened, right? So we can tell you when guests were added or owners were added or removed or channels or all of those all of those pieces. So A bit of insight into really, why it happened, right? Because then if you know when it happened and who did it and in what sort of context, then you might be able to drive what led to it. Correct, exactly. Because knowing how you got to a certain place, that's the best way to help you understand how you can make that better, right? Yeah. Not just kind of where you are. So that's one of the new capabilities around these, these insights piece. And then the other piece that we heard around, which came across really strongly from a lot of customers was Teams is a good example, but all of M365. So we have a number of teams which we know are going to persist over the life cycle of the organization, right? So mm -hmm. departments or longer terms. But the majority of things that we're creating are transient in nature, right? Project teams, RFP response teams, you know, teams that come together, they collaborate, they kind of merge together. And then essentially that, 
process is finished. Yeah, and you end up with those dormant teams in your in your team's client, and you're like, what was that again? I can't remember. That was a year or two ago. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so the question was, well, what do we do with this stuff? And at the moment, the popular response is, well, we don't really do anything. We just kind of keep it there. Mm. That's not particularly great. The other thing we found out was a lot of companies thought that that archive teams function does a whole bunch of magic <laughs> when it doesn't really do much, right? I mean, it makes the team read-only. They do have the option to make the SharePoint site read-only. But a lot of admins and users thought there was this whole bunch of other functionality that, mm. that happens, right? Mm. Oh, no, when I click on archive teams, previous versions of content get deleted, right? Well, they don't. Or we remove access to guests. Well, they don't. Or we remove access to all of the external links that they have so people can't, can't access that. None of that really happens. So what we build is this kind of lifecycle management feature. And the idea with this is, is A, you can create your own archival process with a, with a certain series of actions, which are really powerful. So common things, right? So when you click on archive a team in orchestry, you can say, well, what we want to do is change the permissions. So remove access for the owners, the members and the guests and change ownership. So that's on the, the kind of permission side. Yep. On the group side, maybe we want to remove it from the gal right? Mm. So people can't email that anymore and you don't have 500 things called archived in there. On the SharePoint side, we give you the ability to maybe remove previous versions of content, right? Of course they can sit there, but you might want to remove them. Mm -hmm. And even something as simple as renaming the team, you know, like right. you can go in there and orchestra can automatically remade, rename it, maybe put archived and today's date in front of that. Gotcha. So all of these, all of these pieces. But then the other thing we found as well from admins in particular is admins were saying to us, okay, so these are all great capabilities, but I can't execute these archivals because I don't own the content, right? Right. So typically what admins would have to do is then, okay, well, let's go and find the owners and ask them, right? And yeah. the owners never get back to them. So it becomes, it becomes a hassle. So the other thing that we build as well and what we really believe is the only way for, I think, long-term sustained governance in an organization around content is to empower those content owners and let them make the decisions around those. So with Orchestry, you can set it up in such a way to say, listen, we're going to give you a team. If you don't use it for, let's say, 30 days, we're going to go ask the owners. The owners are either going to say, yep, I still need this, which they can renew their workspace, right? So they mm -hmm. can keep using it. Or if they say no, we can go through an automated archival process. And that's been super cool to see and really see customers' eyes light up. It's, it's super neat where a customer comes to us and says, listen, you know, we put in insights. We found that we have 500 teams that haven't been used in the last year. Yeah. We ran this tool over it. And now all of a sudden, 250 of these have been Clean cleaned up, up in, the, in the last week and, it, and it's all automated. So it's it's pretty neat. To it's see. like doing a spring cleaning of your team's environment. Yeah. And a lot of organizations really need to go through that. Sure. Because like I said, there's there's just a lot of things with, with self-service, which like I said, can be great for a lot of organizations, but also can be can be pretty problematic sure. to some others. But that spring cleaning, like you said, we call it a team's remediation, but gotcha. spring cleaning is definitely, definitely the way to go. That sounds really interesting. And I know that a ton of a ton of organizations who've let this stuff get out of control, want to get back on top of it, see it as like an insurmountable problem. They need some automation and some product to help them out. So it sounds like you've really honed in on the problem they're trying to solve and a productive and streamlined way to do it, way to solve it, right? So um, I could see how that would be uh, very beneficial to them. We're trying. I think a, a big advantage that we have is we're kind of almost more passionate about the problem than we are about the technology, if that makes sense. Absolutely, like, yeah. We kind of live it and we want to understand what it is. And I think that's really, really important Yes. to create anything that, that's useful, right? And we know this stuff because it drives me bananas, 
right? When I go and create a team, or like you said, you go search for a team and you get a bunch of stuff or you don't know that it exists or, you know, you're in two different projects and one project team is completely different than the other project team, even though we're supposed to be following the same methodology, <laughs> for instance. So this stuff drives us crazy. So we try to, you know, create some solutions that are going to going to help us and, and our customers. If somebody can come out with a search that works in Teams, <laughs> I, I'm all in. Like, <laughs> thing that drives me nuts at the moment with Teams is the inability to find things. But anyway, that's a whole different problem. So I guess what are a couple of things, one or two things that you think you've learned over the last year that have really stood out for you, either in terms of, I don't know, technical challenges you've had to overcome or just weird things you've noticed customers doing that have gone, wow, I really didn't expect. That's something really strange that uh, walked into um, not expecting. I think um, for us, a big thing with the insights feature is just the percentage of teams and groups that aren't actively used. Right. Right. It really shocks me that for some organizations, there's things. So let's say you've got a 90 day window, right? You know, some organizations, they're creating tens, hundreds of teams, maybe 20% of those teams are used Yeah, gotcha. every 90 days. So there seems to be a really big trend of creating this, collaborating, and they're just leaving it forever, right? And I think that's going to cause some pretty significant challenges. The other thing we've also learned, I guess, from a technical standpoint, so Orchestry has expanded. Obviously, our global footprint has expanded also. So we've started working pretty significantly with, with Azure. And man, that stuff's amazing. I mean, seriously, the the amount of scale that you can get. So we use things like Front Door right. to kind of route route people through. All of the new insight stuff that we've started doing is on Cosmos DB mm-hmm. also. And that is, it's just amazing. I remember doing, you know, SQL and like computer science, right? And oh, all yeah. of this stuff. And this, the Cosmos DB, the NoSQL stuff is so weird, right? Because there's no concept of a table. You just put data in and then you yep. just get it out. But the speed of that stuff is is amazing. So we have a dashboard that loads within Orchestry. I think we're doing about 70 or 80 queries and all that stuff gets executed in parallel and it comes back in less than a second. Like it's... It's just surreal. The tech is pretty incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, and the amount of data that you can you can store, and just just how easy that is, right? To to get you know a global footprint up and up and running. I think for any M three six five devs, I really think that's something to really closely look at. Right, some of these Azure capabilities, there's just so much power in that, and it's so nicely integrated within the M three six five stack also. And we've just started looking at a lot of you know some of these new AI capabilities and everything else. But there's just so much there. It's 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 such a fun time to to deal with this stuff. As an old database fogey myself, like the magic that goes on behind Cosmos to make it work at speed and not have to deal with indexes if you don't want to and all that sort of stuff just blows my mind. It's nuts. I mean, it's it's just crazy. Like I I speak to our technical team. I'm like, well, what do we need to do if we add, if we need to like change the table? They're like, what are you talking about? We just, we just bang it into this flat file and then it just, just works. Yeah. I'm like, what? I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, like if we need to do an update for all of our customers, how do we do that? They're like, no, you just, you don't. You just, you just add more data. In and you just what do you mean no, what do you mean no schema migrations? <laughs> That's wizard. What wizardry is this? Yeah. No, it's definitely crazy. And the other thing that we've seen as well, I think over the last year is just, you know, Microsoft's real push into that employee experience space mm-hmm. with the Beaver and that whole platform of solutions. And like you said, CJ, really underpinning Teams as that entry point into Microsoft 365. I think obviously they're all, in. Yeah. they're all in. Yeah. And I think for any company, you know, that's developing solutions, I think you really have to 
be teams first. You know what I mean? Like if you're building a solution for a customer, realistically, it has to be exposed in teams in some way. Now, there's lots of entry points into teams, whether they're apps or tabs or conversations or extensions, whatever that is. But I think that's something that has been pretty incredible how much traction and momentum that's that's gained within within the last year. You know, they've 12x'd their user active user base. The public number is 12x'd, which means privately it's more than that. And uh, it's just incredible to see. So they're definitely all in on Teams. ACs Voitanos delivers on-demand video-based training for developers on the latest SharePoint extensibility model from Microsoft in his course, Mastering the SharePoint Framework. Back to the show. So I guess moving slightly further forward, any predictions for what you think is going to happen over the next year with M365? Have you sort of noticed anything going on that's really stood out to you going, hmm, I wonder if they're going to do, I don't know, X, Y, Z? I think there's going to be a massive impact when shared channels are released. At shared the the channels, year. gotcha. Gotcha. Right. So I think that's been coming for a long while, as people know, that was supposed to be released, I think, a while ago. And Microsoft has spent some time getting that getting that right. Mm. I think that could have a real fundamental impact of not only how organizations use teams, but how they structure teams going right. forward right. and some of the other cap capabilities that they have. So I think, you know, kind of in the same way that I think private channels were were promised. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people were really excited about private channels. And then once it kind of happened, I don't think there was as much, I guess, joy <laughs> as it were. But I think with shared channels, if they if they do get it right, it can really be a powerful capability sure. in terms of how organizations... Interesting. The other thing I would say is uh, I only pray, and I pray each day, that the team's client is also really... Uh. Because, My goodness, because I think we're all on board uh, with that. Because <laughs> I think as, you know, I've just got like a, a powerful laptop. I think you need to have some sort of quantum supercomputer to be yeah. able to get teams to run properly during a meeting. So I know Microsoft under, uh, understands that. Um, I know that they're actively working, hopefully, on, on yep. redoing, redoing that. And it's going to yep. take a while that of them and imagine that as an engineering challenge you got 250 million daily active users and you're like oh yeah let's just rewrite this let's from, just switch from it scratch. out <laughs> yeah i mean they're actively working on it so it should be should be soon i guess we'll see when but yeah it's a big challenge but from yeah. performance i totally get it it's a it's a bit of a beast that between rewriting the client and managing multiple identities correctly well like slack being able to switch between different networks as speedily as slack does is uh, also at the top of my list of I ho of hopes and uh, and predict well not prediction I'm not entirely sure they'll solve that but I hope they solve that yeah now and I know a lot of people uh, kind of bag on Slack but if you've ever used the Slack experience of their shared channels experience like oh yeah you said changing things it, it is I mean it is really light years ahead of Microsoft 365 definitely for that so they obviously do some things really well but yeah I think I think a big investment still in this kind of employee experience space obviously Microsoft just um, just acquired what was it Trade.io or something was it Trade uh, no, Ally, Ally wasn't it uh, Ally yeah. yeah sorry Ally, Ally okay uh, OKR management uh, app yeah. correct yeah so I think there's definitely going to be more of a push to that as well and I think also the frontline worker space I think we're seeing more and more of that as well and using you know teams once again as really that way to push information and, and gather information through frontline workers also awesome well it should be an exciting year ahead it's it's crazy to think where it's come in the last 18 months and and so uh obviously orchestry 
is along for that ride. And uh, obviously we wish you well on that journey and continued success in the Microsoft ecosystem. If listeners haven't tried it out, go check our show notes. There's there's a link right there in the show notes to go to Orchestry's site and get started. And that's obviously the best place to start, to go get engaged and go take a look at it. So I encourage you all to go take a look at it and see what the great team at Orchestry have been up to. But thank you, Michael, for joining us on the show again and coming and talking to us about the year that's been. I mean, congratulations on launching a year ago and getting to where you're at right now. We wish you all the best in the future. Thanks, CJ. Appreciate it. Yeah, CJ said, we've got 28-day free trials available. It's super neat, especially the insights capabilities that we have. So go in, get a demo. If you don't like it after 28 days, you can just turf it out. But we we hope that you're going to love it and and a lot of customers do. So yeah, just let us know. We'd love to get in touch with you. All right. Well, thanks again. Take care and have a great day. And um, we will catch up with you again in the future and see how it's all going. Thanks, CJ. Did you like this episode? Please tweet about it and drop a five-star review in your favorite podcast app. It helps people find out about our show and grow our audience, and we'd really appreciate it. If you have a question for us, go to microsoftcloudshow.com forward slash questions, where you can submit it as text or record it as a wave or MP3 and provide us a link so we can play it on the show. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or your podcatcher of choice. And finally, sign up for our mailing list by heading over to microsoftcloudshow.com, where you'll get notices of each episode, as well as the show notes sent to you directly each week. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Thanks for listening.